This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The rooster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. Right now, that is not on the radar for us. New York City doing away with this COVID-19 vaccine mandate for private sector employees as unions fight to abolish the mandate, calling on the city to rehire unvaccinated workers. Despite commuter frustrations, this week's U.N. General Assembly is a shot in the arm for New York City's economy. New York City's mayor says the Big Apple is at its breaking point as the largest one-day influx of illegal migrants arrive unannounced from southern border states. Former White House attorney says he warned former President Trump about White House documents stored at Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. Subway riders pick the worst subway stops in the entire New York City transit system, and we'll tell you what stations wreck at the bottom of that list. On New York City lifting its COVID-19 vaccine mandate for private sector employees. The mandate ends as of November 1st, according to New York City Mayor Eric Adams. It's up to individual business owners to decide if they want to maintain a vaccine requirement, though. The requirement for public employees will remain for now. We're in a steady phase of pivot and shift. We do things, we roll things out slowly. Right now, that is not on the radar for us. New York City's fire and police unions, though, are calling on Mayor Adams to drop the city's COVID-19 vaccine mandate for public employees. FDNY Firefighters Association President Andrew Ansbro called the mandate obsolete and PBA Association President Pat Lynch called on New York City to immediately settle any pending lawsuits and reinstate members who, he said, unjustly lost their jobs, and he wants back pay for them as well. Well, despite gridlock in all those frozen zones due to the U.N. General Assembly this week, it spells a boon to New York City's economy and a boost for local businesses with some 140 world leaders and thousands of others in the Big Apple due to that session The state comptroller's office says international visitors have a greater impact on the city's economy than domestic. Crave Fish Bar manager Carlos Portocaro spoke to New York One. I don't think it's going to be explosive, but definitely I am very keen about seeing new faces and making sure they become old faces very quickly. On average, international tourists spend four times the amount of domestic tourists, $1,709 on average, compared to $458. And according to SDR, which is a global hospitality data and analytics company, in 2019, the Midtown Hotel occupancy rate climbed to 92.6% during the week of the U.N. summit, compared to 63.9% during the viral pandemic in 2021 and this year the town hotels report an occupancy rate of 80.8 percent during the last 28 days well even more illegal aliens have been bused to new york city from texas and other southern states a total of nine buses of migrants arrived monday marking the largest influx in one day 
since the southern states began sending the migrants to New York City and surrounding areas. New York City has been forced to open a total of 23 emergency shelters to service at least 9,500 migrants. New York City Mayor Adams is calling for better coordination from governors in southern states who continue to send busloads of migrants without warning. It is difficult to predict predict the erratic behavior of an erratic governor. We have no idea what's next for him and what he's going to do. So we have to be ready. Adams has said the city's shelter system is at its breaking point with at least 13,000 migrants arriving since May. A former President Trump was apparently warned about those documents stored at Mar-a-Lago ahead of the August 8th FBI raid at his Florida estate. A one-time White House attorney under President Trump, Eric Hirschman, warned the former president in late 2021 that Trump could face legal liability for not returning government materials, particularly classified items. Trump took with him when he departed the White House, as well as the fact that aides could potentially face obstruction charges. Here's former U.S. Attorney Andrew Weissman on MSNBC. This is the world's worst set of facts for him. The fact that he returned some but not all makes it clear he understood exactly what he was being told by Eric Hirschman. And let's assume that he is the only lawyer who was saying this, although I agree with Brad that he will not be the only lawyer. The DOJ said boxes contained a total of 184 classified documents. All the subway stations uptown are on the fast track to hell. Five subway stops in Upper Manhattan and the Bronx all rank the five worst, rating them the lowest out of New York City's 472 subway stations are riders, according to the MTA's latest rider survey. And riders say the worst-ranked station in the system is the number two and three train at West 110th Street, which received a 19% overall satisfaction rating. The other four worst stops say riders East 116th Street in East Harlem, 3rd Avenue, 149th Street in the South Bronx, West 125th Street in Harlem, and 191st Street in Washington Heights. Well, President Biden made light of the potential, potential here, arrival of migrants at an airport right near his summer White House in Delaware on Tuesday. The president sarcastically invited Florida Governor Ron DeSantis to the area. And at the White House, Biden also uh, brushed off a reporter's question about the Florida governor's apparent plan to send a plane load of migrants to the president's home state of Delaware. And earlier in the day, White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre said the White House was bracing for the migrants' pending arrival. Let's remember, these folks are fleeing communism. When you think about Venezuela, what's going on in Venezuela, when you think about what's going on in Nicaragua, when you think about what's going on in Cuba, they are fleeing political persecution only to be used as a political pawn by the Florida governor. And that is something that the the people in Florida should be asking the governor, why is he doing this? A charter jet that DeSantis used to send migrants to Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts, was set to take off Tuesday morning from San Antonio and make a stop in Crestview, Florida, before landing at the Delaware Coastal Airport, according to the founder of the popular information newsletter, the tiny airport outside Georgetown, Delaware, less than 20 miles from Rehoboth Beach, where Biden and First Lady Jill Biden own a $2.7 million vacation home. But flight tracking sites listed the plane as delayed or with an unknown status on Monday. Indict Trump! Indict him already! Indict Trump! 
Well, a special master, senior federal judge Raymond Deary, tasked with reviewing material seized by the FBI from former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate, sharply questioned Trump's attorneys on Tuesday for refusing to back up Trump's claim that he declassified those materials. Trump has argued that the 11,000 documents taken from Mar-a-Lago by the FBI pursuant, pursuant rather to a search warrant last month were rightfully in his possession. Now, among these documents are roughly 100 bearing classification markings. Without evidence from Trump, though, this Judge Deary said his only basis to judge the classification level of the records was the fact that they all bear markings, designating them as highly sensitive national security secrets. Well, U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham, the Republican out of South Carolina, Tuesday said abortion is not a state's rights issue. Graham is, meanwhile, promoting his legislation banning abortions nationwide after 15 weeks. In an interview on Fox and Friends, Graham acknowledged that his legislation goes against conservative ideas of federalism and letting individual states decide their own laws. I I don't care what California does on most things. I care here. I am not going to sit on the sidelines in Washington, D.C. and tell the pro-life community Washington is closed for business. Graham's comments come a week after he introduced the bill, the most serious effort to date by Republicans in Congress to pass a nationwide abortion restriction after the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade in June. Graham just last month said the Supreme Court made the correct decision by leaving abortion decisions up to the states. He said he was motivated to act following attempts by Democrats to enshrine abortion protections into federal law. U.S. Senator Joe Manchin, the Democrat out of West Virginia, condemned what he described as revenge politics, as many Republicans have resisted his efforts to speed up the approval process for energy projects. It's come to me, what I'm hearing is it's like a revenge politics. Uh, and basically revenge towards one person, me. And I'm thinking, this is not about me. This is about something... Uh, uh, that Bernie has never Bernie has never supported anything about permitting reforms. Republicans, along with Manchin, have long complained that the approval process for things like energy and infrastructure projects known as permitting have been too lengthy and stalled very important projects. And when Manchin agreed to pass the Democrats' climate and tax bill, Manchin struck a deal with Democratic leadership to also pass permitting reforms. But as he has tried to push a package of changes through, Manchin has met Republican obstacles as some members feel slighted over the West Virginia Democrats' passage of the climate bill. Well, safety of judges at the forefront following an assassination attempt against the Chief Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court following Politico's publication of the court's draft opinion overturning Roe v. Wade and the murder of the son of a U.S. district judge in New Jersey. The Judicial Conference now urging Congress to pass the Daniel Andrell Judicial Security and Privacy Act. The legislation is named after the son of a U.S. District Judge, Esther Salas, who was murdered in July 2020 by a disgruntled attorney in an attack at the judge's home. Here's Corinne Jean-Pierre speaking about the attack on Brett Kavanaugh back in July. 
It has now been reported that the marshals, uh, our administration assigned to help protect judges, were instrumental uh, in the person not accomplishing the horrible deed it, he set out to do. This is the threat that we saw against Kavanaugh. And so we have taken this very seriously. Like you said, we have com- condemned, it, condemned it. The president has, and we will continue to do so. The act would give judges the power to force public websites to remove personal information about them and their family members, such as home addresses, as well as license plate identifiers 77 wabc news time 515 let's head over to justin ellick for a look at sports well thank you deb i am justin ellick here with your early news sports update holy cow what a night of baseball last night what a ball game in the bronx as the yanks welcomed in the lowly pirates for the opener of a short two-game set at yankee stadium the pinstripes looked like they were going to suffer a bad loss at the hands of a, of a bad team that is until the ninth inning started when all rose in the stadium to watch Aaron Judge tie the babe and light the spark with big fly number 50. Here's the 3-1. Drill deep to left field. There it goes. Number 60. Slide over, babe. You've got some company. Aaron James Judge has tied George Herman Babe Ruth with 60 home runs. That call courtesy of Michael K. and the S Network. The Yankees, the Yankees don't lose when Aaron Judge homers, so naturally they'd load the bases thereafter and clear the deck for a walk-off cannonball from Giancarlo Stanton. That one's drilled to left field. Is it high enough? See ya! A walk-off grand slam! And the Yankees win! Judge hits 60, and the Yankees win in walk-off fashion! Michael Kay once again with the call, and the Yanks take care of the Pirates in dramatic fashion to cap off a 9-8 to storybook win in the Bronx. Luis Severino makes his return to the bump tonight at 7.05 p.m. for Game 2, going up against Pittsburgh's Ronzi Contreras. As for the Metropolitans, well, they couldn't let the Yanks have all the fun, as in Milwaukee, they too whipped up a meaty grand salami sandwich paired with a scrumptious Francisco Lindor aioli. Hey now, the great Gary Cohen with the call. Lindor slammed put the Mets up in the seventh, and they wouldn't look back as they secured the 7-5 victory. And the Series W over the Brewers. The finale of the three-game set is scheduled for this afternoon at 2.10 p.m. Eastern Time. Taiwan Walker is set to take the hill going up against Milwaukee's Adrian Hauser. For more sports content, follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. Here with the early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellig on 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Justin. Quite an exciting night in sports. And let's head over to Lou Dobbs now with your financial report. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. I'm Lou Dobbs, Wall Street waiting on today's interest rate hike, investors weighing future Fed action, and Hertz tapping General Motors for EV rental options. The Federal Reserve will announce its expected rate hike at the conclusion of today's September meetings. The markets reacted poorly to the prospects of a third straight 75 basis point rate hike yesterday. Fed Chair Jerome Powell and others haven't backed down from their hawkish stance on soaring inflation. CVS and Wall
Walmart have agreed to pay $147 million to the state of West Virginia, another opiate-related settlement for the pharmacy giants, both stocks slightly lower in extended trading. Hertz Rental is buying 175,000 electric vehicles from General Motors, the first of many zero-emission rental deals for GM. The carmaker looking to ease the pressure of its EV sales targets in the Tesla-dominated market. Hertz, meanwhile, targeting a quarter of its fleet to be electric by the end of 2024. Last year, Hertz agreed to buy 100,000 Tesla EVs. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. All right. Well, ahead of today's Fed decision on rate hikes, uh, the Dow mixed uh, at up eight points. Uh, actually, futures mixed the S&P up just a point, one and one quarter points, actually. But the Nasdaq down four and three quarter points. Gold is up ten dollars, 20 cents an ounce and crude oil up a dollar, 29 a barrel at eighty five dollars, 76 cents. It's the WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. News time 520. Well, the chief of the United Nations is blasting fossil fuel companies. Here's 77 WABC's Frank Diaz. Speaking at the U.N. General Assembly, Antonio Guterres urged countries to create consequences for companies that pollute the earth. It's high time to put fossil fuel producers, investors and enablers on notice. Polluters must pay. He said richer countries should tax fossil fuel companies' windfall profits and use that money to help countries suffering from damage caused by the climate crisis as well. That's in addition to those struggling with food and energy price inflation. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Frank Diaz. Well, the MTA will put two, two surveillance cameras in each and every single subway train. This is a multi-million dollar initiative. It's designed to deter crime and make riders feel safer. Over the summer, the Transit Authority conducted a pilot program in 100 subway cars. New York's Governor Kathy Holka yesterday joining MTA officials to announce the new initiative. This is all about safety, the safety of our riders, and letting would-be criminals know that should you harm any other passenger in any way, you'll be observed, you'll be caught, and you'll be prosecuted. The $5.5 million expansion was made possible with grant monies from the federal government and the MTA's subway action plan. The funding will allow the Transit Authority to install some 5,400 cameras in total. Each subway car will be equipped with two cameras about the size of a pencil eraser. Another 3,800 cameras will be installed in 130 subway stations. A mother in critical condition this morning after suffering a gunshot wound to her head. This happened right near a school in Brooklyn on Tuesday. And that prompted a lockdown at the neighboring Marine Park Junior High School. The child's father drove away with her son but was later stopped and taken into police custody. The woman was shot shortly after 4 p.m. at 1925 Stewart Street in Marine Park. And police say... The child's father is considered a person of interest in the shooting, but so far no charges have been announced against him. ABC 7 reporting this morning the woman may have shot herself in the head. The child was unharmed and the investigation's ongoing. A suspected schizophrenic with 26 prior arrests, mostly for forcible touching, allegedly molested another homeless person as she slept on a Manhattan street over the weekend. 
Police say in this latest incident, 30-year-old Musa Kamara targeted a 52-year-old woman as she slept on West 31st Street between 8th and 9th Avenues. Happened about 12.15 Sunday morning. Kamara took off when the victim resisted, according to police, and she was taken to Lenox Health Greenwich Village Hospital for an evaluation. Police ended up catching this suspect, Kamara, on Monday night. He was processed by the NYPD Special Victims Division and charged with the Criminal Sex Act. Kamara was then taken to the psych ward at Bellevue Hospital. Well, the mother accused of drowning her three young children at a Coney Island beach was indicted Tuesday by a grand jury on murder charges. This mother, 30-year-old Erin Murdy, faces one count of first-degree murder and nine counts of second-degree murder. Murdy's accused of drowning her three children, 7-year-old Zachary Murdy, 4-year-old Liliana Stevens Murdy, and 3-month-old Oliver Bondareff. This comes just a day after Liliana's funeral was held. Her father, Shamir Small, spoke to reporters. Mainly just her wanting to dance. She did ballet, rhythm gymnastics. She was loved by all her family members. Contrary to what happened, she was loved by her mother. I don't care what no one says. She's What she did was monstrous, but she herself is not a monster. Police reportedly have a surveillance video of Murdy walking her children to the ocean on the morning of September 12th. She is expected to face arraignment before the New York State Supreme Court in the coming weeks. Well, termination for meteorologist Eric Adami of Spectrum News One. And uh, he said he was booted after he secretly appeared on an adult cam website. Adami was let go from the news outlet late last week. Spectrum News New York One has declined comment on his departure. In an Instagram post, Adami wrote, First and foremost, I unequivocally apologize to my employers at Spectrum, my coworkers, my audience, my family, and my friends for any embarrassment or humiliation I have caused you. You expected and deserved better from me. About two hours after Adami's post, uh, that post had received almost 1,200 likes. He filed a lawsuit in New York Supreme Court against Unit 4 Media Limited, seeking the identity of an anonymous user who sent images from the site to Adami's employer, as well as his own mother. The litigation was first obtained by the Daily Beast. Adami had been a meteorologist at New York One since 2017, and he has also been part of New York One's Emmy-nominated coverage of both Hurricane Ida and Tropical Storm Isaias. Well, the Republican candidate for governor, Long Island Representative Lee Zeldin, picked up the endorsement of former Governor George Pataki, the last Republican to be elected statewide in New York some two decades ago. The endorsement of the three-term governor came less than two months before Election Day. I'm here today for one purpose, and that's to proudly endorse Lee Zeldin as the next governor of New York State. The abortion laws aren't going to change. That's just a fact. Politics is the art of the possible. And so the issues in this campaign should be crime, should be schools, should be quality of life. And meanwhile, New York's incumbent Governor Kathy Hochul's campaign is out with a new ad that attacks Zeldin for his coziness with former President Trump. And when asked about each of those issues, Pataki declined to comment. He did say, though, when it comes to Trump, Pataki said it's not about the former president. Well, Reba McIntyre is heading back to television, but this is a first for her new role, Jacqueline Carl is more. Get ready to see Reba McIntyre in a whole new light. Once you set foot in this place... You may never want to go home again. 
and you might not. McIntyre's newest crime drama premieres today. The country music icon acting alongside her boyfriend Rex Lynn in season three of ABC's Big Sky. They're playing a married couple, Buck and Sonny Barnes, who own a campground with a reputation of disappearing customers. It's the first time during Reba's acting career she's been cast as a villain. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Jacqueline Carl. And if you missed the top five of five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, WABCRadio.com. It's the WABC. Early news on 77 WABC.